my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore a Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where of course we're always talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing. Yes, right before our very eyes. You don't need me to tell you that. You already know that's the case, but we talk about it moving from a world of centralization, central planning, globalism, globalization, all those big words, and really moving back into a world of decentralization. That's what we call the revolution. The world is changing. Of course, we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, so you can really understand and get the full context of exactly what is going on. Of course, that technology is Bitcoin, the decentralized technology that is changing the world. And we got a big show coming up for you today. We are going to break some big things down for you. We're going to talk about the global banking cartel's path to control with a central bank digital currency, yes, a CBDC. Now, you might not really know what the global banking cartels are. Sometimes I like to refer to them as the banksters, you know, sort of like uh, the gangsters of the past, but now they're the banksters. And really, that's basically what we have. We have um, the mob. We have, uh, you know, criminal enterprises that have made their way into the White House, into the banking system. And I think it's probably always been that way. One of my favorite books written uh, a few hundred years ago in the late 1800s by Frederick Bastiat, it's called uh, The Law. I highly recommend it. It's like a booklet. You can read in about an hour, The Law. And he talks about a concept called legal plunder. And through legal means, by passing laws, uh, they can impose plunder or, yes, theft, right? So they can take your money. And that's really what these global banking cartels have done. I'm going to break that down and talk about how there's this long path to central bank digital currencies, to CBDCs, which are the final 
piece in their puzzle to have total control and dominance. So we're going to break down who these global banking cartels really are. Who's at the top of the heap? Who's at the top of this org chart? Who's behind it? When was it started? Who are the, Who are they? Everybody wants to know who they are. Well, I'm going to name them off. We're going to go through their names. We're going to talk about how it was created, why it was created, what purpose it was supposed to serve at the time. Of course, we're going to talk about how that's changed. We're going to then go into um, looking at uh, what they have been saying recently uh, that tells us exactly where they're going with things. Uh, hint, 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 CBDC. Uh, more importantly, why they want to do this. We're going to talk about that, what they're hoping to um, achieve with this. And of course, like I said, it's what they're telling us. We're going to go directly to the source and look at what they said. We're going to then take a look at why all of this matters. Why should you even care? Does it even matter? I mean, uh, we'll get into that, why it matters, uh, why why you should be caring about this. And then ultimately, uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. So at the end, we're going to talk about how you can be prepared for this. We'll use historical examples of this and what you could have done in times past so you can get a better understanding of what you should be doing moving forward. So we got a big show. You do not want to miss this. Now, uh, let's uh, let's just say that you can't listen to the whole thing right now. Don't worry. I got your back. I got your back. You can just catch me anytime on the podcast. Just search The Mark Moss Show on your favorite podcast player, uh, iTunes, the iHeart uh, Music app, etc. You can find me. And if I could just ask for a small favor, please, uh, when you open up your podcast app, if you could just leave me a review, I would just be so ecstatic. It would really help me out. It would help other people find this show. So if you've got any value at all, just please click on that button and just leave me a review, uh, preferably a good one if you like that. But we are going to cover this. We're really trying to change the way people think about money because, as I say, almost everything they have learned is wrong. And if you don't understand it, you're not going to succeed. Let me just give you a little story on that for a second here. So if you are going to play a game, and you might say that money is a game. And if you're going to play a game, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, let's say that you have your family game night, for example. Somebody brings over a, a new game to play. Well, the first thing you want to do is what is the game that we're playing? What is the objective of the game? How, what am I supposed to be doing in the game? How do I win the game, et cetera? Then you want to understand uh, what the rules of that game are, what you can and can't do. And then ultimately, who are the players at that game that I need to um, navigate and strategize around. All right. So that's sort of where we're at here. We have the game of money and we have these global bankers, these global banking cartels that control all the money. But what are what is the actual game? What is the objective of the game? Who are the players of the game? And what are we trying to achieve here? And since everything you've learned is wrong, because of course, unfortunately, the uh, the education system purposely misleads you or omits information that you need. You don't know it, but don't worry. We're here to change that. So let's dig into this and understand who these players at the board are. Really, I should say, who's controlling this game that we need to learn and strategize around. And so we're talking about the global banking cartels. Now, when I talk about global banking cartels, I'm talking about um, – yeah, well, I guess global banking cartels. And just like any other cartel, just like you might imagine like drug cartels down in Mexico, for example, or in Colombia, there's hierarchies. So you have the lower level banks uh, or cartels all the way up to the leader, right? Which uh, used to be El Chapo. I don't know who that is anymore. I think they're still scrambling for that. But in the banking system, we have sort of the same thing. Now, I'm just going to run you through a little bit of history here. If you go back into uh, the early 1800s, and this is American history in the United States specifically, um, you had something known as the free banking era. And what that meant is basically you just had people just randomly setting up banks. 
And um, they were free to open up banks because, uh, yes, we live in a free country. <laughs> and so we live in a free country. They could open up banks, and they did. And each bank kind of had their own policies. Um, some banks would offer higher interest. Some banks would take on more risk. Uh, but the problem is that these banks continue to go out of business, and people were losing their money in the banks. Now, I'm not going to go super deep into why, but I'll tell you the reason why these free banks were going out of business and people were losing their money isn't – well, it's specifically because – even though we call it the free banking era, it wasn't really free. And as a matter of fact, the government put massive onerous restrictions on them, which ultimately led to them going boom and bust all the time. One of which is important to point out, well, there's really two main reasons why this happened. I'll just tell you both of them. One, what they did is they imposed controls on them. So they said, hey, you can have a branch in New York City, but you can't have a branch in Texas or uh, Pennsylvania, or Virginia, or whatever, right? You can have one branch, but you can't scale that branch. And what happened is each one of these banks created their own money. So each bank had their own you know, uh, claims, because at the time, gold was money. Gold was money. So I'd put my gold in the bank. The, the bank would then give me a paper gold certificate or a claim, an IOU to that gold. So each bank had their own IOUs. Of course they did, right? Um, but what happened is because they weren't allowed to scale out, then um, you had all these different currencies. And then if I if I had my uh, my IOU, my paper gold certificate from a bank in New York, but then I happened to travel to Pennsylvania, they didn't accept that. So now I had to exchange it. But nobody in Pennsylvania wants my New York note because they're going to have to drive back to New York to claim it. So that caused a discount. So now my my note from a New York bank wasn't worth the same in a in a Pennsylvania Bank, a Virginia Bank, et cetera. So that was a big problem. But here's the second big problem, and this is why it's important. Uh, just for a second, you'll appreciate this. But the second big problem is that the they were forced to invest their money into government bonds. And guess what happened? Government bonds went bad. And guess what happened? Banks collapsed. The reason why I'm telling you that is because does that sound familiar? You hear about the banking collapse. You had uh, Signature Bank. You had uh, Silicon Valley Bank, First Republic Bank. And why did they collapse? Oh, because they took their depositors' money and put it into government bonds. The government bonds lost their money, and they went out of business too. So the Federal Reserve was created to supposedly fix that problem, but of course, they haven't done anything. Now, uh, I want to just back up just a little bit because it's important to understand this. At the time, J.P. Morgan was the most powerful bank in the United States. The people weren't really happy about that. Now, you know that there's a saying, uh, it's not a saying, it's uh, actually the quote from Henry Kissinger. And he says that if you control the food, you control the people. If you control the energy, you control the continent. If you control the money, you control the world. Mayor Rothschild famously said, uh, give me control over a nation's money and I care not who makes its laws. So ultimately, it's about control of the money. And people weren't happy with how much control J.P. Morgan had over the money. So there's this massive backlash rising. And so J.P. Morgan had this great idea. What we should do is we'll create something called the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve will sort of be like the central bank above all the banks in the United States. And then we'll make it look like it's sort of like this like uh, institution. And what it will do is it will deflect all this angst and ire towards JP Morgan and it'll put it over to the Federal Reserve and it'll look like this public bank. That was his plan. Now, it's important to understand that so you can understand the next phase of how this global banking cartel got built up. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Talking about the global banking cartel, I got a quick break. I'm going to be right back. You don't want to miss it, so don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore a Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the global banksters and the push to CBDCs and total control. We're kind of going back through the little bit of the history of how it was created. So I talked about JP Morgan and the biggest bank in the United States, and a lot of people weren't happy with the power control that he had. And so he pushed for the creation of the Federal Reserve. And it, and it, and it sort of took some of that blame and, and deflected it over to the Federal Reserve. All right. And so as that was going, that was created in 1913. Then, of course, JP uh, Morgan was then, of course, feeding both sides of World War One and into World War Two, um, giving money over to all sides of the war, but mostly um, France and England. But yes, even Germany as well. Then that money, they would give them the money, it would come back to JP Morgan. He'd procure the supplies, ship them back to them. The money would come back to JP Morgan. It was this big, uh, well, it was a big circle. Let's just call it that. Uh, it was just going back and back and forth. Now, um, as you are probably aware, then we go into World War II. And of course, Germany and uh, Hitler go on to create a lot of problems <laughs> throughout World War II. Um, and they were forced to pay reparations. All right. So this is where um, the story really takes a turn. So how do we get a sovereign nation like Germany who you know just lost this war, and now we say that, well, they need to now pay to rebuild everything. And how are they going to do that? Who's going to manage it? Who's going to make sure they pay and all of these things? Well, don't worry. They got a plan. Uh, introduce the BIS. That's the Bank of International Settlements. And the Bank of International Settlements was basically created at this time to allow or to help Germany pay back uh, the reparations that were owed. Now, some of the names that were behind this are Owen D. Young, of course, J.P. Morgan, uh, Thomas Lamont, um, S. Parker Gilbert, Jackson Reynolds. Um, so when you want to know who they are, there you go. Uh, 
like I said, there's other names, Shepard Morgan, Warren Randolph Burgess, uh, Walter Stewart. There was also some Belgian officials, some German uh, central bankers as well. Uh, and there was also political uh, positions inside the Herbert Hoover administration inside the United States, uh, which allowed the Federal Reserve to help set up this BIS system. Uh, but that US, the U.S. was able to retain the roles of the BIS chairman and the president. Um, and so that's how this was created. This is why. This is how. And ultimately, the BIS, Bank of International Settlements, was uh, the original task was facilitating the World War I reparation payments, um, but it quickly became obsolete. So the purpose of what it was meant for, like most government programs, started out with probably good intentions, but unfortunately, they go bad. And that's sort of like what happened here. And so the BIS was, I guess you could say it was set up for good intentions, uh, but it was quickly found out to be sort of bad. And nations around the world started to divest or pull out of that um, uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of accusations of the BIS, you know, really being involved with um, with uh, Germany in, in, in involving the concentration camps, um, taking the liquidation of gold, you know, from all the people that it was confiscated from, including gold fillings and teeth from people, unfortunately, that went through the concentration camps and so much more. So a lot of bad things happen there. Now, as we fast forward through this global banking cartel, so we have, first, we have JP Morgan creating a global uh, a banking cartel in the United States, that's the Federal Reserve, 12 banks that form the Federal Reserve. Now we have a global banking reserve that's headed up by the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, which of course, J.P. Morgan is involved in as well. Now, as we fast forward to 1944, we have something called the Bretton Woods Conference. And in the Bretton Woods Conference, basically the world kind of agreed to allow the United States dollar to be the reserve currency of the world. And the United States dollar should be backed by gold, and then all the nations of the world would peg their currencies to the U.S. dollar. And at that conference, um, they recommended to actually shut down or liquidate the Bank of International Settlements. So, um, you know, there was people that were pro and uh, con against that, for and against that. Um, and, and the BS started to sort of lose some of its power globally for a little bit. <laughs> A little bit being the key piece. And really, you saw the BIS really start to work more um, in the European markets and kind of managing the European banks and things like that. You had the uh, the BIS acted as an agent for the European Payments Union from 1950 to 1958. It was an intra-European clearing arrangement designed to help the European countries in restoring currency convertibility. And that's a key piece. They were helping European countries in restoring currency convertibility and free multilateral trade. That's an important piece because we're going to come back to that. So ultimately, if all these countries have different currencies, how do they convert one to the next so that we can have multilateral trade? This is what the BIS was working on back in 1950s, and we're going to, we're going to come back to that. Um, but this is what they're doing. But like I said, the problem is they started to lose their power. They're really just sort of um, hanging out over in Europe. Then in 1971, we basically had 1971 to 1973, we sort of had the end of that Bretton Woods system. We saw the return to a floating exchange rate. All right. So basically, we got off that gold back system. The US dollar was no longer backed by gold. The other currencies of the world were no longer pegged to the U.S. dollar. Now everything was freely floating. And at this point, um, the BIS started to sort of lose more power. 
However, in the uh, moving into the 1990s into the 2000s, the BS starts climbing back up. They successfully globalized. They broke out of its, their traditional European core. And we can see that they started getting more and more nations to start buying into this, um, more and more adoption of this. Now, it's important to go back and understand that the BS was originally owned by both central banks and private individuals. But then the United States, Belgium, France, et cetera, decided to sell their shares uh, that, that they had been given uh, back to private investors. It's important to understand the BIS is made up of private investors and conglomerates and NGOs, non-government organizations. It's not a government. It's the banksters. It's the, it's the global banking cartels that control this, that own this. And of course, like I said, who controls the money controls the world. And so you have all these central banks around the world, you know, Central Bank of Canada and the Bank of England and the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan and on and on and on. And above all of them sits the BIS. If you looked at a company org chart, that's how that would look. And if you really want to dig deep, and I've talked about this many times, I'm not going to go into it right at this moment, but really that's how the whole world is coordinated is through the money. So you hear things like ESG and now CEI and DEI, and you see how like companies like Exxon are shutting down their oil, which seems kind of weird because they're an oil company. Or you see you know, companies like uh, Bud Light do things that alienates their, um, their, their base. And you think like, what are these companies doing? Don't they know this is going to cost them a bunch of money in market share? Uh, yeah, they do. And they don't really care. And the reason why they don't really care is because they are being forced to doing this. Because if they don't do this, then they lose the ESG DEI score and they don't get any money. It's always the money that has the control. We can look back to the pandemic. The IMF used loans to the other nations and said, hey, if you don't use the, the, you know, the uh, mandates of the WHO and lock your whole country down, then no money for you. So it's always through the control over money. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the global banksters and their control uh, with the CBDCs that are coming in. We're setting up who they are. Next, we're going to go into exactly what is going on. And, of course, we won't leave you hanging. We'll talk about what you should be doing about it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about all of that, let you know exactly where we are in the process and so much more. I'm going to take a very, very, very quick break, but I'm going to be right back with more in a second. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore a Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution today. We're talking specifically about the global banking cartel and how they're using CBDCs for control. Now, I kind of set up who they are, why it was created, what they do, what role they play, etc. But now I want to go directly to what they have said. Now, I believe that we should just take people at their word. There's a lot of times, you know, people are trying to uh, kind of uh, try to unravel, you know, some sort of conspiracy. Um, they're trying to read between the lines. They're trying to um, under, understand someone's true motives or intentions, things like that. I just believe it's actually pretty simple. I just go listen or read exactly what they say, go back to the source, and then I take them at their word, right? It's that simple. I don't need to come up with some crazy opinion, <laughs> Just listen to what they're saying. So let's take a look at that. Now, we saw the BIS recently put out a report, an economic report, and they talk about um, the tokenization of money, right? So like a cryptocurrency or like a CBDC, the tokenization of money and assets and how much potential it has. Um, and they say that um, that to date, all the initiatives have have taken place in silos, you know, sectioned off without access to central bank money and the foundation of trust it provides. Now, I think that part is rich, so I wanted to kind of um, uh, hit on that for a second. Without access to central banks and the foundation of trust they provide. Uh, raise your hand if you trust central banks. Well, I can't see you, but I would imagine you're not raising any of your hands. Who the heck trusts central banks? Uh, Jerome Powell, the head of the you know you know the Fed of the United States, he can't even tell us what the price of money is going to be tomorrow. We don't even know what the price of money is going to be. Do you know how much money they're going to print next week, next month, next year? They tell you they're going to tighten, but yet they continue to ease. Who trusts central banks? Nobody does. I thought that was pretty rich. But they talk about how they need to create a new type of financial market infrastructure and a unified ledger that could capture the full benefits of tokenization by combining central bank money, tokenized deposits, and tokenized assets all on a programmable platform. Ooh, there you go. A unified ledger. So all financial assets are on a programmable platform. So that means that they can program things into the financial assets. So a unified ledger, like a one world, like a single ledger, like all the money in financial assets of the world are controlled by one person. That's what they're saying. A unified ledger for the world. One, <laughs> one person, one group would control all the financial assets of the world and on a programmable platform. So uh, we don't like you. Uh, your social credit score is too low. Uh, your carbon score is too high. You've had too many children. You've traveled too much. You're restricted, right? A programmable platform. Now, they believe that uh, a lot of the blowups that we've seen happening in the crypto markets over the last couple of years signal that they're doomed to fail because of what they call a coordination problem. And this coordination problem comes because of this, you know, the fractured nature of all these crypto networks because you have all these different cryptocurrencies out there. But <laughs> what we need is just a unified ledger is what they're talking about. So for them, of course, the solution can only come from something they can control. And they say the CBDC will only work if it has proper oversight. And of course, you know, it has supervision and it operates within their standards set by them, the central bank. Um, and then they say that if that happens, there'll be significant harmonization across jurisdictions. And uh, if you want to put it another way, what they're basically saying is that if you don't play ball with us, then your economy will be cut off from this system. 
So again, I take them at their word. And not only do I take them at their word, this is exactly what happened. We already seen this happen in the pandemic. Nations that didn't play ball with the WHO mandates didn't get money. Look at El Salvador using Bitcoin. They're not playing ball, lose access to money. This is exactly not only what they're saying, but it's exactly what they're doing as well. Now, they say that the CBDC will be properly governed by central banks and private participants who will collaborate to ensure the integrity of the system. Yeah, sure it will. But basically what they're saying is that um, we need to restore trust that can only come from the central banks and only in a system that we can control only in a system that has the proper oversight from the government. Now, they want to uh, also they want to put other restrictions into it, like for example, heavy 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 KYC or what we call know your customer laws. Now, putting KYC requirements into money, put into the financial system in the first place is part of the big problem. What you maybe don't know is that there's about 2 billion people in the world today that are not banked. Now, there's a lot of reasons why these people are not banked, but most of them are because they don't have permission to join. They don't have permission. Now, um, I was talking with my uh, producer, Q, before the show, and I was explaining how you know we live in this great era today where anybody with a, with a smartphone has the ability to uh, learn anything, meet anyone, do anything. And you know, if you have a, an iPhone and Instagram, you could make 100 grand in, anywhere in the world. But that's not totally true. Because if 2 billion people in the world don't have access to the financial system, then they don't have the ability to play that game. But again, why don't they have it? Because they don't have permission. Why don't they have permission? Well, for one, they can't pass KYC. Maybe they don't even have an ID. They don't have an ID that's recognized. Maybe they're fleeing for their lives from you know Syria or displaced in Ukraine, and they don't have access to their ID. They can't just go to you know the city hall and request a new birth certificate. So now they have no ID. They can't get into the financial system. Or maybe they're some, from some far-off village in Africa that doesn't offer a uh, proper ID. Or maybe they just happen to be a 15-year-old kid that was born in Iran, and because of sanctions, they're not allowed to join the financial system. We can go through the numerous reasons why, but that's one of the big problems. And so you know, what these global bankers want to do is they want to create a system that's much more inclusive much more inclusive, where everybody can participate. But what they don't realize is that these heavy, strict KYC programs that they put in is the reason why these people don't have access. Now, the BIS continues talking about you know more things they want to do. There's uh, the head of the BIS is this guy Augustin Carson's Carstens. Uh, maybe you've seen him. Um, not to uh, fat shame anybody, but um, the guy's got to be three or four hundred pounds. Um, so if you've seen him, you you you, you can't miss him. But uh, I've played a couple times on shows previous. You know some clips from him talking about the what a CBDC is and, and is and isn't, and how it varies from actual cash. And he said the problem with cash is that we don't know who has or who uses a hundred dollar bill. We don't know that person. Uh, but with a CBDC, we're going to know everything. We'll know who has it. We'll know what they're spending on. And we can even program his ability to do that or you know, prevent his ability to do that and stop him from doing that. So total control is what he's selling. Now, why does all this matter? Well, it matters because we have unelected officials in charge of global monetary policy pushing their CBD plans forward. Now, remember the quote from Mayor Rothschild. He says, give me control over a nation's money and I care not who makes its laws. This is basically what they're saying. Look, we're, 
unelected officials are in charge of global monetary policy. These people aren't making the laws, but they have control over the money. But by controlling the money, you have control over the laws. That makes sense? Because you say, look, you don't follow what I want. You don't do what I say. Then, uh, you know, no money for you. Sort of like uh, that uh, that uh, video clip of Joe Biden um, threatening the Ukraine um, government where he was on stage and he said, you know, I told him if you don't fire that, ins- if you don't fire that inspector, whoever it was, uh, you know, the next day, then you're not going to get the billion dollars. And guess what? Ha ha. The next morning he was fired. Sort of like that. <laughs> Um, the, other, the other reason why this matters is because what they want to push is this unified ledger. And so basically you have a a single source of every single financial transaction from money, of course, you know, your transfers of money, payments, et cetera, but as well as digital assets, digital goods, you know, um, equities, all of that <laughs> controlled by a single person or group or entity, a non-government, a non-elected group of banksters doing this. And they've proven to not be trustworthy. Now, I want to talk more about uh, exactly what they're saying, and then more specifically, what we can do to prepare for this. And we're going to use some historical precedents to go back and take a look at this. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show, we're talking about the global bankers' um, push to have control with CBDCs. I want to talk about uh, more about how we can watch this, how we can push back, and of course, how we can protect ourselves from this. But I got to take a quick break. I'm going to be right back after a quick minute, so don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the global bankers, uh, the, the global banking cartel and their push for control with the CBDC. We've talked a lot about you know who they, who these global banking cartel people are, how it was created, how it was founded, what they've said, what their intentions are, what they're trying to do. We've talked about all that. If you've missed any of it, don't worry. Just go check it out on the podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast player, search The Mark Moss Show. You can find it. You can also find them on YouTube on the Market Disruptors YouTube channel. Just search Market Disruptors YouTube channel. You can find it over there. Um, also, if you listen to me on the podcast player, uh, if you could, please just leave me a review. I'd love it if you could just leave me uh, a quick review, uh, a thumbs up. I love it. Anything. 
I guess even if it's negative, well, preferably I'd, I'd prefer something positive, but uh, that really, really helped me out. I appreciate that. But moving forward, let's talk about uh, now that we have this information, what do we do with it? Now, I know that, you know, there's a lot of things that we just continually repeat, uh, sort of like these uh, cliches that have made their way throughout society. Um, but they're not always true. Sometimes we have to stop and think about these things. So one of those is that like knowledge is power. And I disagree with that. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that knowledge put into action is power. Otherwise, I mean, shoot, man, ignorance is probably bliss, right? Like you'd probably rather not know about this stuff if you can't do anything about it. It's sort of like spending all that time worrying about things that you can't control, right? Think about the things that you can control. You know, control what you can, and then the rest of the stuff you just kind of have to let go. And so like maybe ignorance is bliss, but in this case, <laughs> now you know. I gave you the knowledge now. Now you got to do something with it. And so uh, you can either choose to be stressed out because you know this is coming, or you can do something with it. So what what can you do to be prepared? Now, what I like to do is I would go back and say, when have things like this happened in the past, and what would I have done if I was in that same situation? I kind of got to some of this frame of uh, thinking, you know, maybe I've had it for a long time, but it really kind of got hammered home to me by one of my friends, Robert Barnes. I've had him on my show a couple of times. Um, he's a constitutional attorney. I should probably have him back on again soon, by the way. Um, leave me a comment. Let me know if you'd love me to have the constitutional attorney on. He was a uh, attorney for Donald Trump, but he he can tell you what's going on with January 6th, what's going on with the Trump indictments, and more specifically, what's going on with the Biden administration uh, lawsuits. So probably do for a conversation. Let me know if you think I should have him on. Leave me a comment. Um, but anyway, he told me we were talking before. And he said, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the persecution of Donald Trump and, and, and Alex Jones and how they're like really changing the law right before our very eyes um, by, by how these courts and judges are acting. And he said something. He said, if they can do this, you know, and we were talking about what happened to Trump when he was still in office. And they said, if they can do this to a sitting president of the United States, the most powerful nation in the world, what can they do to you? Right. And he said, um, imagine yourself, uh, imagine that you're a Jew in Germany in 1929, and what should you have done? So, uh, before Hitler and before the Holocaust, uh, let's say that you knew it was coming in a couple years and you're a Jew in Germany, what would you do? Right. And, and it kind of made me think about that. And, I, and so, uh, going back to knowing that our money is being co-opted and controlled by a group of non-elected uh, government global banking cartel leaders, uh, when when has money been taken over in the past and what could we have done about it? So, for example, we can go back and look at like 1933. So as I uh, talked about in the beginning, money was always gold, right, for 5,000 years. Now, gold money had been, you know, feathers and rocks and seashells, but it's basically been gold for about 5,000 years. J.P. Morgan, talking about J.P. Morgan, even went before Congress and said, gold is money. Everything else is credit. So um, gold was money. And at the time, you would put the gold in the bank because gold is very slow to settle. It's very heavy to carry around, right? It's hard for me to send gold across the country. The, the settlement time, the time for me to get it to you is very slow and expensive. So I'd put it in the bank, and the bank would give me a backup paper claim. We talked about that in the beginning segment. And that sped up the money. All right. Um, and so all that gold went in the bank. But then in 1933, the government, the United States government, land of the free, decided to steal all the gold. 
And at the time, they said you can't you can't hold gold anymore. You can't own gold anymore. Um, gold was worth twenty dollars per ounce. Today it's about two thousand per ounce. At the time, it was about twenty dollars per ounce. And they said, "Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna steal all your gold from you. Uh, it's illegal for you to now own gold. But don't worry, we're gonna give you the twenty dollars per ounce that you need." The debt, the paper gold claims. And then what they quickly did is then they devalued the gold from $20 an ounce to $35 an ounce. So then not only did you lose your real money, you got back a worthless claim because you can't claim it for gold anymore. And now they devalued it. So what should you have done? If you had all your money in the bank, gold being money at the time, you lost you know 60% of your wealth, 60% of your purchasing power. So what could you have done? Well, if you owned a big ranch with a bunch of cattle, for example, and that's what you owned, then it didn't affect you at all. If you owned uh, you know, a, a general store where you sold supplies to the town, that didn't affect you at all. So if you held their money, remember in the first segment, we started talking about understanding the game and understanding who the players and what the rules are of that game. And so if you're playing their game with their uh, funny money, we'll call it, then you're going to be subject to their control and their rules. So if you had the gold in their banking system, the global banking cartel system, then they can just take your money whenever they want. We've seen it happen in Cyprus, and we see it happen every day. If you put $100,000, let's say let's say three years ago you wanted to buy a house um, and you lived in Midwest somewhere, it was going to be $100,000. But you decided, you know what? I'm not going to buy the house. I think prices will come back down. So I'm going to put the $100,000 in the bank. Well, today, that $100,000 won't buy you that house anymore. Now that house is one hundred and fifty. dollars So what they've done is they've stolen your money without actually taking your money. So what does that mean? You have 100,000 units of currency, and you still have 100,000 units, uh, units of currency. The problem is those 100,000 uh, currency units just don't buy you as many things. So what they did is, even though you have the same units of currency, they've stripped the value or the purchasing power from those. And so they're stealing them from you. So even though they actually did take the gold in 33, even though they did take the money in Cyprus, um, today they're not really taking the money, but they're taking the value out. But you can choose to opt out by not playing that game. So I said, you could own a ranch with cattle. You could own a business. You can also own Bitcoin. Right, so Bitcoin is outside of the system, and and a quick story on how I got Bitcoin for the first time. I, uh, you know, I was a an internet entrepreneur. I'd been on, been in tech for a long time. Uh, you know, Bitcoin had come across my my uh, my plate, my lap. I looked at it. I saw it shooting up in price in uh, 2013, and then it collapsed, and and I kind of lost interest. And then in 2015, I was going through a process where I was really trying to diversify my risk, uh, specifically inside the United States banking system, and I was looking to open up uh, trusts and bank accounts in other countries, and specifically, I was looking in Hong Kong and Panama. Panama. I started working with an attorney in Panama to open up a bank and move money just because I just wanted to diversify my risk. And that's when I took another look at Bitcoin. I was like, that's the same thing. It gets money out of the banking system. And so I did. I bought Bitcoin in 2015. It was about 300 bucks. Um, but, but specifically for this purpose, to, to minimize my risk to the global banking system. So that's how that you would do it. If you were in 1933, that's how you had done it. And that's how you would do it today. <laughs> Don't hold any more dollars than you can afford to lose might be a way to look at that. So think about um, the money that you have in the bank, what the global banking cartel is doing, what game are they playing? What rules are they playing by? What have they recently told us? And more specifically, what have they done in the past? And then what should we do to protect ourselves? Diversify out of the bank, buy assets that they don't control, 
and use a different type of currency like Bitcoin that they don't have under the control. And of course, the reason why they don't like it is for that very purpose, <laughs> because they can't control it, because they can't steal your wealth through inflation, and because they can't censor your transactions, and because you can anybody can join this. It's permissionless. Anywhere in the world, you can join it without permission. You can use it because it's borderless, and it can't be stopped because it's censorship resistant. Anyway, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show. We've been talking about the global banking cartel and the push to control with central bank digital currencies, looking at specifically who they are, what they've said, and what their intentions are. If you've missed any of it, don't worry. You can go check it out on, the, on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search The Mark Ma Show. Leave me a review while you're there. I'd really appreciate it. Or go watch me on YouTube at Market Disruptors. But that's what I got for today. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.